Welcome to the Unapparent Podcast, the place that delivers deeply human stories about the unapparent truths of parenting. My name is Katia Reyerolindor, and I am your host. I am the mother of a toddler named Kalina, wife of a professional baseball player named Francisco, social and environmental justice advocate, and most importantly, I am an individual who is constantly learning, unlearning, and evolving while navigating this beautiful and complex experience that is parenthood. Join us as we debunk myths surrounding parenthood and provide an empathetic, judgment-free space for parents and parents to be. Subscribe to our channel and become a part of the Unapparent community on Instagram at the Unapparent. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Um, Today, we're joined by Kate. She is a child development and trauma expert. So I'll let um, I'll let you, Kate, sort of tell us a little bit about what you do, your profession and um, where everything started for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. So I um, I got my undergraduate degree from New York University in child development and trauma. Um, and I, my whole, um, my uh, career in um, studying child development and why I was interested in it is um, through my own experience um, as an adolescent, um, losing my dad, who was um, a firefighter on September 11th, um, and I was 10 years old. so. Um, I had been very involved with um, with different communities around um, trauma and grief and resiliency. And um, one particular community that was very impactful for me was America's Camp. And this camp was for all children who lost a parent on September 11th. And I was a camper for five years and um, very shortly after became a counselor. And it was um, from working with other um, children who had been impacted by 9-11 that I was really drawn to just having a better understanding of trauma and how it affects our development. Um, and also for me personally, I was 10 and my brother was um, 16 and my sister was um, 26. And so, um, you know, I felt like this event had such an impact on my life and I wanted to be able to give back and be able to support other children who've been going through the you know, unimaginable um, and also be able to support families as well. I started off teaching um, through Teach for America and um, I taught for about eight years. And shortly after um, I went into um, back to grad school for um, mental health counseling and uh, my focus right now is I'm a mental health counselor is working with children um, and families um, and, you know, trying to have a better understanding of what support systems we can provide our children, um, especially in this day and age when there's a lot of different factors that kind of contributing what um, helps create a um, safe and effective learning environment um, for our children. Wow. What a story. Um, You've definitely been through your fair share of um, trauma. And so if you don't mind, um, I guess, taking us back to um, what 
was helpful for you to overcome um, your traumas personally, um, what was lacking maybe, what you were trying to provide for children that perhaps you did not have, um, like how you provide that support for your kids and families that you work with? Yeah, so I think for me that is, that really stands out when I work with children and when I think back to my um, adolescent self is um, what it really just means to just show up at a child's level. Um, I mean, physically and I mean, um, you know, emotionally. Um, and, you know, I, I remember when I was getting my training and teaching, um, that was something that was huge that we had got training with. It's like, you know, you just recognizing your position in the classroom, right? And, and how the impact of just like getting on a child's level so they can see our facial expressions, kind of meeting them there. Um, and I think about the same thing with a child who's going through, um, you know, through grief, through trauma. Um, it, you know, trauma in itself makes someone feel very isolated. And um, I think the best thing for our children is to just show show them that they're there. And when I mean by show them, I don't mean just verbally, but like showing up as a model. Um, and also just, you know, um, giving them, I think, the, the tools and resources, but also giving them the space as well um, to be able to find their own path of healing. Um, I think that there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of you know people out there, and I think of just also books and and what we read and what we hear that it's easy to get into this mindset being like this is the way, this is the way to do it. Um, and there are great resources, there are great ways and strategies that'll help. Um, but everyone is different. Every child is different. Every child needs something differently. And if we could be open to that, um, I think that's um, what is so important. Yes, for sure. And that's, that goes for education. Also, not every child learns the same. Every child's um, learning mechanism is different. What's effective for them is different. Um, but when it comes to trauma specifically, right, and, and working um, with the families and their children, do you first get to know, you know, their situation? And then according to what you notice about the child and their specific trauma, that's how you adjust maybe your um, support or is there sort of a you know a, a basic starting point for you in in your support of um, these children and their families yeah I mean that's a great question I think that um, I think the opening to learning I think is is big because I think that I'm coming into um, this perspective of like I know what's the best thing, you know, for this child. Um, and yes, as, as an expert, a parent, or someone who's facilitating wants that for the child. But um, I think listening to their experience, listening to what they're feeling, um, and, and really taking a step back to maybe not jump in as much, but just have um, just, you know, a bigger opportunity to listen to the child, I think is, is big. Um, because I think that naturally as adults and you know and as a as a parent or as a teacher like we want to take that child's pain away right there's like there's like that that drive you're like i want to be able to you know take it away i want to be able to show them how to overcome it um 
but that may take some time. And maybe there's a disconnect for, you know, others or just even myself when I work with children where I'm like, okay, you know, I, you know, I'd be listening to a child, like, for example, when I'm in, when I'm working with children in therapy and I, um, and often, right, I'll listen to a child tell their story or what they're kind of going through and I'll have an idea of like what could help them. But before kind of going into them, I kind of really give them the spotlight, right? Feel, making them feel empowered. And I think that's the biggest thing is making them feel in control um, of their own healing, right, of their own resiliency. I always have this um, mentality that, you know, it's, um, you know, that, that there's beauty out of trauma, right? Trauma can be super messy, but there's also beauty. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And my camp, we always have this, um, this expression, tis better to light a candle than curse the darkness. Um, and I think with that is being able to, um, you know, to help empower children, right, just to understand their experience um, and use it as a mechanism of, of how they want to show up in the world, right, how they want to treat others, how they want to be treated, and how they want to be able to develop their own personal narrative um, of, of who they are as an individual, because, um, you know, experience is, is what shape us. And I think if we can really give children that empowerment that, you know, this does not have to define you as, as weak, right? This doesn't define you as something bad, right? This experience can really define you and, and show your strength um, and also help to educate um, others, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't want to get too personal, right? If this is uh, too personal for you, but um, in your grieving process, from what you can remember, um, can you maybe walk us a, a little through that process, how that was for you as a child? Um, I know now you're an adult and um, our brains sometimes forget a lot of traumatic experiences um, to protect us from them. But um, anything you can recall that you don't mind um, sharing with us in terms of your grieving and healing process? Yeah, I, you know, I, when I look back um, to 9-11, I, um, you know, I think that everyone was in a, in a state of shock, as in, as in a lot of traumatic events. Um, I also just see it as 9-11 is um, it's a whole new opportunity for mental health. Um, you know, there was people who were so eager to be there and show up and help. Um, but then there's also a mentality where like, hold on a second, we need, to, we need to just kind of take a step back and see and really listen to what is the most effective way. Um, for me personally, um, I, I was really impacted by um, the community that it came from. I felt like, you know, my uh, biggest memories were just um, like how everyone showed up um, and how everyone really, you know, strived to be able to, um, you know, do even like the smallest act of kindness or just kind of like kind of put, put away, you know, all of the animosity or just like kind of things that kind of show up and just like just to be in community with other people. Um, and I think that's like what really had an impact on me. And I, uh, you know, it's interesting because I think part of the reason why I went into all this is because I felt like I didn't really come to face with my own trauma until probably a little bit when I got a little bit older. And I think part of it is that I was so focused on, um, 
you know, being, you know, being happy or kind of overcoming it and, and not wanting to be sad and just wanting to just, um, you know, just like to show everyone that I'm strong. And, and when I work with children now, I think that's the biggest thing I say to them is like, it's okay to cry, right? It's okay that you feel frustrated. You feel angry. It's okay if you just need a day to just like be silly. I mean, you know, I think that healing can come in many forms, right? Sometimes it's like, I just, I don't, I don't really want to be in this cloud of sadness that I'm, that I'm surrounded by. Like, can I just go out and can I go laugh or can I be silly or can I, can I just escape for a little bit? And, um, there was a, there's a big focus on the escape, I think, for just not only myself, but other, other, my other peers, like who have, um, my boss, a parent. And I, that's kind of what our camp was all about was escaping this label of, of the 9-11 kid. Um, and I think for me personally was, um, was being okay that I like needed my moments and being okay that like some days are harder than others. Um, and not having to hide it. Um, I think that I, I definitely wanted to embrace like my dad's mentality and like my dad was, um, like we, he was like nicknamed Mr. Mayor in our town. He would like talk to everyone. He helped everyone. He was like huge about, he's big about family. Everyone like knew him as this like bright light. And I was very much in this mentality of, well, I, I have to just keep on being like my dad. I got to carry on his legacy. And that's very much what I'm, why I want to do right now what I want to do. It's like, but my 10 year old self like felt like I was like taking over the world rather than being like, it's okay to be a kid and to like have my feelings. Um, and I think this is a big thing is that sometimes like feelings come out in like very different ways. Right. So we see children who are going through something and they have tantrums or like, you know, maybe they're, um, they're not talking as much. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, you know, individuals who don't have that trauma-informed um, background or, or experience, right? It's, they're very quick to like label that as a misbehavior rather than like, wait a second, let's get to the root of it, right? Maybe, maybe this behavior is like showing up because they need um, the tool set and they need someone to literally hold their hand and model and be there, just like physically be there and, 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 accept them, accept like every emotion that's kind of coming up. Um, I think for me, like I was surrounded by a lot of adults. I had to go to, you know, I, I just remember going to, um, you know, a lot of them, a lot of memorial events. Um, and, you know, I look back and I think a lot of like, I feel like a lot of my childhood was taken away from me. Um, because I had to just, you know, I had to, like, I was trying to constantly comprehending something. And so when I see a child now kind of going through something, I try to identify that right away and help them, right, remember, like, you know, who they are, like, what, you know, how they're taking responsibility, right, whether consciously or unconsciously, maybe for mom or dad's, you know, emotions or their brother and sister. Um, and I think more importantly, just, let them just let it all go. Like, say everything that's kind of coming up for you, right? Like, 
have, be that person that you're like, you're listening, you're accepting it, right? You're, you're standing right there with them. Um, because there's, there's, there's listening where like, okay, like, yeah, or there's listening where you're really stepping into their shoes and you're really standing right beside them. Um, and I think for me, that was, it was something that I, um, it's not that I don't know if I had it. I just didn't think I wasn't, I didn't think that it was okay. Like I felt like there was, you know, I, I, I had to go and, you know, and cry away from other people. Um, or I had to have, you know, um, you know, I, I had to like, you know, get good grades in school and, and stay active. Um, and that's another thing that's like, that's very interesting is that it makes sense. Like when, when we're going to something, it's, it's easier to run away to stay busy. Um, but not everyone has that, you know, capability. So, um, I think that was a huge thing for me of just, um, helping children not isolate. And yet at the same time, allowing a little bit of isolation. I think children sometimes need, um, their, their space, like for them to kind of figure it out themselves. Um, and give them their space, but also let them know that like their space is okay and that you're there. Right. Wow. Um, yeah, there's, I think I'll, I mean, I will never pretend I know what it's like to lose a parent. Right. Um, I cannot even imagine, um, all of the many steps of grief and acceptance and, um, just all the emotions that come up in that process. Um, but I do think, um, as is the case with probably any sort of trauma, it's being okay f- feeling um, that you don't have to power through it. You don't have to be strong through it all at all times, especially as a child, you know, as you said. Um, I mean, I, I can imagine for, for any kid, it would feel like they lost part of their childhood um, happening at such a young age. But um, having the space to feel their feelings, um, but also the people that are showing their support, as you say, um, that's got to be just so huge. Um, And I think there's such a better awareness of mental health in general nowadays that Mm -hmm. really support that acceptance that if you need, you know, help, you can seek it. You know, if you need mental health um, therapies or whatever that looks like for you know the parent or child that needs it it's um it's less taboo so it's more accessible i think Mm -hmm. um and so i think it's incredible work what you do Mm -hmm. um it's very important work and i think um children really do need that um in general but especially those who have experienced um some kind of acute trauma like this um, and you, you mentioned you did, uh, teach for America, correct? Yeah. So as a, um, teacher, you were, um, I believe in San Francisco, you told me? Yes. Okay. Um, and how was that experience? Did you have, um, kids with different kinds of traumas, but as a teacher versus a mental health counselor at the time, um, you're toolbox was a little different or your responsibilities were a little different um how how was that time in in your life um as a teacher in probably 
a not so great part of town. Yeah, so I did teach permit there right out of college. Um, and I got placed in San Francisco with early childhood education. And I, um, you know, I thought, wow, like, how incredible, right, to be a teacher and um, be the forefront, right, of of a child, you know, starting their educational career. Um, and I also just loved how um, the big like focus around emphasis around social emotional learning, which um, I think is you know very you know linked to when we talk about trauma because we we all don't know as a society what someone is going through, right? And I and children spend the majority of their time at school, um, and so how can we best support them and um, backtrack a little bit like after September 11th I remember going back to school um, and it was a very like weird isolating experience um, and I don't think it was meant to be that way I just think it was just a, a nature of just like okay well I'm in school and I need to take my math test like rather than okay you know ha ha I I didn't know how to like seek out support um, and I think that you know, like some, some of my teachers were like, I'm here for you, but then, okay, but you know what, let's, let's keep you, let's keep some normalcy and go through, you know, the school day. Um, and I just, I really think about um, what it means to cultivate a safe, a safe place um, for a child to really know that they're, that another adult is there. Um, and when I had this opportunity, I said, you know, this is, this is great. Like, I also like love kids. And so I was really excited for the opportunity. Um, I was very eager when I got to San Francisco, when I was getting placed, um, to be placed in a, an environment that um, needed a lot of trauma-informed practices. Um, and so I worked um, in the outskirts of San Francisco. Um, and I worked at a Head Start, which I think is just an incredible um, you know, model, and it was, it was really focusing on um, bringing in the families and um, having a relationship with the parents. Like, I would do home visits to my, um, to my students' homes, and you know, I I definitely got what I asked for. Um, I entered a school that needed. Um, I entered a school that 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 didn't have a lot of consistency and that's huge as it is, right? Like, a, you know, no consistent teachers, no consistent administration. Um, it was a, it was a neighborhood that, um, you know, gun violence was, was huge there and it reoccurred, you know, very frequently. Um, and I had students that, um, had a really hard time just, being in a school environment because of what was kind of going on at home and they show that in um, many different ways rather just isolating not talking acting out um, and it really took a lot uh, for me to just um, step away from the fixing but just showing up um, and I was right out of college so I was really young um, I think what really impacted me when I was in Teach for America was my first year, um, I witnessed two shootings. So there was a shooting right outside of my school. Um, my students were not with me, but I um, was at a bus stop and 
um, you know, I had, I was with like two other teachers. We hid behind a bus stop and I ran to the boys and girls club. And I just remember being um, with about like 20 people. And um, I said, oh, did anyone call 911? And everyone looked at me like I had like five heads. And so I picked up the phone and I called 911. Um, and I mean, talk about like, you know, for me, understanding trauma, I was getting asked all these questions. And I, like I had to say, I was like, I actually, I don't really remember much. I mean, this is like, you know, I just acted so quickly and I don't, I don't really, you know, remember what exactly happened. But I think the biggest thing afterwards that really impacted me was um, this happened right by my school. And um, there was a mental health consultant who worked in my school who was incredible. I, um, we worked like hand in hand, had a great relationship. And I was always like, you know, um, just kind of, you know, asking him like, what can I do better? And we just, and I remember, you know, calling him and telling him about this and, um, you know, Head Start and early child education was not really in the definition of education in San Francisco at the time. I don't know what it's like now. Um, and so something like that, like no support resources were sent, which I thought was absurd. Because I was like, wait a second, these children are so young. Like, um, this is crazy. Um, but also, um, you know, no, like, there was just kind of like no support that was sent, you know, and I think that's important too, because yes, my kids for the first one were not there, but as teachers, um, we have to be able to like have our own bucket fill, be able to really show up for our children. Um, and I thought that was an issue that there's not the proper resources to be supporting the teachers. And so, um, he actually called the state, had someone, you know, come in and they were, you know, we had, I, we had this whole conversation. They're like, how, how are we just being informed of this? And the minute they left, this is probably like a day after, there was gunshots outside of my classroom window. And um, my students were all with me. Um, and someone had been impacted. Um, it was because the Boys and Girls Club was right next door. Um, and I remember calling my families and just saying, okay, like, um, we're going to keep them here. And, but I think that like, when things come down, like maybe let's, let's get everyone home. Cause they all live close by. Like I can bring some of them home. Like this way they're in their own homes. And I remember them and they called me Miss Pate. But like, I remember them saying like, Miss Pate, like this happens all the time. Like, what do you mean they need, like we need to pick them up. And I, I just like had this like, aha, like woman, like, wow, like there is such like an immunity to this form of violence. Like kids, like the, my children, my students were all used to this. Like they thought that this is like a, like this is like a normal thing that happened every day. Um, and so I, it was really after that where I, you know, I wanted to finish my Teach for America commitment and then go into, you know, clinical psychology or mental health counseling. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I need to stay in early childhood education. Like, we need more people who are trauma-informed. Like, I want to be outspoken about this. Like, I want to really gear to also, like, providing the proper, like, training for teachers. Because I found myself as a first responder, you know, to, like, to these children. And this is, like, and teachers, like, are, do not go to school or have the training to be, to be that. And so that was big for me as well, that I thought that was really important. Um, 
So, yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. I mean, talk about absurd when you think that this is the norm of some people and some young children. And, uh, I mean, we've obviously um, heard of, I haven't personally experienced, but there's just been way too many school shootings um, in the past several years. Um, I cannot even fathom how that is uh, normalized. I don't know how, you know, this... And how can they go back to school? And then, yeah, and then how... On top of that, you're just expected to carry on with your life like nothing. And you're in such impressionable years. I mean, at any age, this is like traumatic. But children, I mean, I just, it's it's incredible that there's not more, A, support. And then obviously, we could talk all day long about like gun control issues, which are a whole other (laughs) topic. Um, But so now as a... um, as a mental health counselor, right, if you were confronted with the situation that you were in um, when you were teaching, um, you know, what, if, if you can even narrow it down, right, what's a form of, um, of support you offer kids who've been through, you know, school shooting? Um, just, I don't know, if you could walk us through what that might might look like. Um, and for, for parents also to know what resources, you know, they can provide at home. Maybe not everyone has the access or, or the means to seek out that help for their children, you know. Um, so, you know, walk us through that if you if you can, please. Yeah, I, um, I think that there could be a big emphasis on like my child needs to do this and, and, and bombarding children with resources and support, um, which could be detrimental in the sense we're like, okay, children, children need to like take a, take a second to digest it and figure out what it is. Um, I think especially for schools, um, you know, my personal take on it, and listen, like I, I was a teacher. I think academics are important, but my model was always like, no children, no child was ever going to learn if they don't feel safe in their classroom, they don't feel supported. Um, it's like, forget about it. Like, you know, academics is out, is out the window, right? Um, yeah. And like, also, um, it's just like a banking model. You're just like throwing information to their head, like nothing is going to be retained. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that it's also providing an environment um you know, to be able to um, to speak to one another, relate to one another, verbally, non-verbally. Um, I think that community healing is incredible. And I think that um, that's something that is, um, you know, really, really, you know, supportive. Like, because, you know, a mental health counselor can go in there um, or any kind of professional can go in there. And they have, like, incredible resources to help. But that's like an outside person's coming in. And if, if we can help children facilitate, you know, using one another, um, to talk to one another, to process one another, um, and as adults, we can facilitate that, um, I think that is huge. Um, I think that, you know, it's not like a snap, you know, snap of a finger and like your trauma is gone, is, is gone right? Like it's, it takes time. And I think that also modeling for our children, um, 
is really big as well. I think that parents, um, rightfully so, you know, would, um, I, I mean, I can, I can't imagine being a parent and having a child who's gone through like a school shooting. Um, but I think that being able to have like open conversations, um, and, and conversations where you're really gaining your child's trust, I think is important. And of course, whatever is developmentally appropriate. But I also think that there is a little bit of, there's also just some, um, you know, um, psychoeducation with parents as well, of really empowering them, like, you know your child best. You know your child best. And it really, like, empower them to, um, like, feel that, like, sense of, like, you know, ownership that they, you know, that they have the capability. Because I think that outside support, like a mental health counselor, other professionals, great. Um, but that needs to happen at home as well. And I think that's that's like the biggest thing around social emotional learning and and support is, you know, this needs to be happening, you know, not only in that setting, but at home as well. Um, and our children need to see like as adults, how we're handling it as well and how we're also cultivating relation, how we're taking care of ourselves. Um, I think that is really big. Um, uh, you know, because I think that children are so incredibly resilient. Um, and I just think that, you know, learning from one another um, and, and, and you know, supporting one another and leaning on each other, especially, you know, bringing in children who've been through something similar, peer-to-peer support is huge. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense just because... Um... I, re- I remember as a kid even thinking, oh, my mom won't understand or like yeah. an adult won't understand, you know, and even though maybe we could as parents understand um, kids, it's it's not the same level of trust, perhaps. And especially, as you say, when you have kids who can really empathize because they've been through similar um, situations, I think that probably allows for a easier um, opening up with that other you know peer who's similar aged and has gone through similar experiences so yeah I can definitely see how um peer support um and those kinds of um support groups um are just really really important and impactful absolutely um and so I wanted to ask since you are um not yet a parent that you do work, you know, a lot with children and other parents. Um, Do you think that your work is um, in any way impacted by the fact that you're not a parent or even when you become one, you know, do you think it'll change in any way? Um, I'm just interested in hearing um, your thoughts on, on that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I love this question um, because, you know, I, a lot of my friends are parents. Um, and I, I mean, I can, cannot wait to be a parent myself. I, I think it's like the same, in the same note of like what I say about me being a mental health therapist right now. Um, like I wanted to do that, like, you know, since I was in high school, right. And, but I'm so grateful for all the experience I had teaching before I came, like before I, you know, stepped into that role and also, um, how I also, you know, worked on myself, um, and went through life myself. Um, I think that 
you know, all of these things, I think will definitely support me in being a parent. Um, but I also think that there is like this, you know, and I'm sure we can go on, on and on about this. It's like a whole nother topic. Um, but there, I feel like there's something that gets me very like, um, like aggravated and um, is that there is a lot, there, there could be a lot of judgment around parenting. There's so many different things out there, like, um, you know, books and, you know, things on Instagram and TikTok. And I just think even just like, depending on like some communities, like there's a lot of, um, you know, comparison to everything. And I have so much empathy for parents in that sense where I was like, wait, like, we all need to be in this together. Like, we all need to just, like, support one another, normalize one another, and also recognize, like, our children are all different. And also, like, really lift each other up. That Like, we're all trying our best and we're all learning. Um, and so, like, it's interesting because I could say, yes, I I taught for eight years. I'm a, I study child development. I'm a, I'm a child therapist. But I can guarantee, like, becoming a parent, I'm going to be – you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be perfect in any means. And it's going to be a whole other learning experience, um, you know, for me. So um, I think it's, I think it'll definitely support me deeper. I don't think it'll make me the most like amazing parent. I don't think that there's like such a thing. I think that we all, um, you know, that there, I, again, I just have so much respect for um, parents who are just open about their own experience and, also parents who like lift each other up. You know, I think that it's um, it's easy to feel, and I maybe I say this, I look at like, um, you know, the parents that I work with and also like my friends, like I just think that there's just, I see so much of like the shame and, and this discouragement. Um, and, and I can imagine like maybe like if your, you know, if your child is like, is acting out and like, you know, and if people are like staring at you and kind of having that feeling of like, and, and kind of feeling like without a control, but I think it's, um, yeah, I, I, I just have so much admiration for um, parents who are just kind of sticking it through and, and giving their best. And I feel like we just need to give more love to parents. So, yeah. Thank you for that. I mean, it's it's true as with everything, it's going to be a learning experience no matter what, just because yeah. you might have, you know, done it before and it's still a different child the second or third time around. Um, I will soon find out that because um, I'm <laughs> pregnant with my second. But um, I think that, as you said, we definitely need to lift each other up and just have more empathy for one another because we know how hard it is. And I think especially before becoming a parent, it's really easy to judge parents because you, you you've never been through it. You don't know how hard it is. You see a kid having a tantrum at the mall. And naturally, we as parents feel like, you know, we're at fault. And the other person probably thinks it's the parent's fault too when really a child is just being a child. It's having a moment. Yep. We all have moments. I have trouble self-regulating sometimes. So imagine if I was a two-year-old, um, I would definitely be having a meltdown yep. in the middle of the mall. Um, so it's just, we are all trying our best, honestly. And sometimes our best one day is better than our best on other days. We just don't have the same bandwidth every day that we have. Um, you know, like maybe yesterday I had a lot more patience cause I probably had a little more time to, 
I don't know, dedicate to something that I, you know, love and, and that filled my cup, you know, and tomorrow I didn't have that time and I'm more irritable and I mean, bottom line, we're not perfect. So we're all learning as we go. And also our children are, are growing up in a very different world than we grew up in. And so I think Mm -hmm. we just really need to acknowledge that, like, Again, this is a whole another big topic, but like technology is is huge, right? If you didn't have that growing up, like I mean, I look at like I work with some middle school and high schoolers, and I sometimes, and I think I I find myself listening a lot, lot more of just like just really trying to truly empathize with them and and be next to them and just to understand and really just communicate to them, being like this is really difficult because you know, different things that are kind of going on because of tech, because of TikTok and Instagram and everything. Um, it's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Technology has definitely made um, a big impact on this generation. Yeah. Um, as you say, that could be an entire episode on just on that. Um, yeah. So with this, I wrap up our conversation and I thank you so much for coming on and talking to us a little about your personal life experience um, and and just the incredible work you do with, with children and families. So thank you again, Kate, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bueno, mi gente. Gracias, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Unapparent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe as we release a new episode at least every month with an exciting new guest. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram for all the Unapparent content you never knew you needed.